I would like, if I may, to take you on a strange journey. To explore strange new worlds. To seek out new life and new civilizations. To boldly go where no man has gone before. Others lock up your sons. The fangirls are busting out all over. It's Fangirl Radio. Fangirl Radio. the fangirls on jackalope radio hey everybody and welcome to the latest and greatest episode of the fangirl radio show i'm your host jessica dwyer and with me tonight are my lovely co-hostesses miss rachel t moore good evening and miss sarah buck hello so uh this has been a major week for geekdom and we've got a ton of stuff to talk about in regards to that Plus, uh, later on this episode, we will have a couple gentlemen from Horror Hound Weekend. Horror Hound Weekend! Which is next week. It's almost here, and I get to look at Mads Mikkelsen for three whole days straight. And not forget that you have a friend who's a fanable. Yes, I have to remember other things other than Mads Mikkelsen is right in front of me for three whole days. You need to remember that if you're going to be looking at Mads Mikkelsen, he might as well be signing something for your best friend. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe. And and Sarah's getting to live out a a dream of hers. One of my biggest dreams ever. She was crying when I told her (laughs) she gets... I did. I literally cried. Like, I cried and I screamed. Yes. Tell our viewers what our Sarah is going to be the handler for Mr. Scott Wilson, aka Herschel. Yeah. I, squeal your I think he just burst some fangirl squee. <laughs> I have a pretty intense fangirl squee. I can tell you that. It, it, There's it's, a reason that I'm on this podcast. <laughs> Sonic. It's like well, and not just that, but this show is going to be truly epic. You, you've got. You've got Mads Mikkelsen, his only second appearance at a con. You got Scott Wilson. You got John Shane Bernthal going to be there, who is just yes. gorgeous, gorgeous man. James Remar from Dexter and the Warriors and Django Unchained and God, you name it, man's been in everything. Linda Blair just got added. You can't tell because I'm doing the spirit hands as you're. <laughs> um, Michael Beck from the Warriors is going to be there as well. And Xanadu. Let's not forget Xanadu. Even though you want to, you can't forget Xanadu. I, I'm not going to lie. When I hate myself the most, I like to watch Xanadu. It makes me feel better about myself. Exactly. It, it's You can't be sad and watch Xanadu. You can't. Um, once again, Robert Millet is going to be there. Edward Herman, Bill Sadler, who I am stoked for. The beautiful D. Wallace, and just recently added, who she's never done one of our shows, Adrian King, the final girl from Friday the Thirteenth. So it's that's pretty awesome. There's and also Laura Palmer herself, Cheryl Lee. Yeah, waiting for that. Um, and and the one that I'm like stupidly excited about. It this should be a crime. I'm this excited. Peter Barton, who is Matthew Starr from the Powers of Matthew Starr. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> He's 3D. 
I sat there and I watched him when I was little. Um, yes. Yeah, so anyway, that's all going on. We'll talk more about that later in the show. We got a ton of Weekend Geek to talk about before we get to that. So um, first things first, though, before we get into the epic that is Doctor Who, uh, we did have a passing that I, I, I needed to do a shout out about because it yeah. a lot of us who were you know, children of the 90s and 80s, this man is an icon for that, but not just that, but for all the things that he, he's a, an epic director, just amazing, amazing man, and that's Sir Richard Attenborough. Yeah. Um, passed away. He was 90, I believe, and um, he had been diagnosed uh, about two years ago with senile dementia. So he, uh, he did pass away uh, August 25th, and uh uh, Colin Trevorrow, who I believe is um, working on the new Jurassic World, did a really, really beautiful um, uh, tribute to him on Twitter. He took a picture of uh, from the set of Jurassic World of Hammond statue that's there, and it's this beautiful bronze statue of him, and uh, posted that for everyone to see. But I have to thank this man because he made Chaplin and yeah. and Gandhi. And a chorus line, but Chaplin is the one that always and forever in my heart. Um, well, he also did, he was also one of my favorite villains in a, like, very famous film noir that I think um, is kind of underrated. And it's one of those ones that people can go back and remember. And it's called, I think it's called, I always get it mixed up with another one. I think it's called um, Brighton Rock. Oh, and yeah. uh, it's based on a Graham Greene novel and it's just quintessential and it didn't just, the performance didn't just inform like film noir in general or filmmaking in general, it really informed comics in a big way and I think a lot of um, people came out of the woodwork and cited that as very fundamental to their lives so I think it's a good time to go back and people should watch Brighton Rock and I'm, I'm like 99.9 for sure. That, that is the name, I, checked, okay. I just have oh. to check for you. Yeah. Yeah. He was um, a magical human being, and I was very sad to hear that he had passed. But well, yeah, and I mean, like, don't forget the flight of the phoenix, the original flight of the phoenix. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, and and great the great escape, just all this stuff that he did. It, it's it's easy to just remember him as like the voice of of uh, like BBC documentaries and that kind of thing. But he did so much wonderful acting, and not just Jurassic Park, but so many kids will think of that film as his big movie and you know welcome to jurassic park and it's like yes. yeah that that's yeah. the line that's yeah. the line so um sir richard attenborough um passed away but um so w- let's go to something much happier than that let's talk about doctor who let's talk about doctor oh god who. well oh and <laughs> should we should we answer our twitter questions first so that yes. we get oh, that out of the way oh good god yes go ahead so uh, this one's for these. These are for uh, my friends, um, my Australian friends, um, Shiganinti and Dan uh, from Potaku, another podcast uh, in the Geekdom World, a video game podcast. Uh, they will now. They have now forever taught me to, uh, you know, preface my who. <laughs> I preface your who. <laughs> I. I um, preface my who you know context my who what what have you be but, sure um, to put the doctor in front of your who yes yes <laughs> but 
since it since I did my bad, just put a tweet out there about general who questions. Um, <laughs> so uh, Shiggy started out with, um, "Is Pete Townsend integral to the Who?" <laughs> and I'm going to, I'm gonna, I'm gonna for that one, I'm going to say yes, especially visually. <laughs> He brings um, the who together. You pull that <laughs> and like those really big, like, those big guitar, uh, the you know his Pete Townsend strum doing the full circle with his arm. Um, that's I mean you you would not have so much who in the world without that visual there. <laughs> and then moving on quickly to Dan's question, uh, which was. CSI, feather in their cap or ball and chain? Dan, come on, ball and chain. Thank you. Um, <laughs> and then Shiggy asked one more, which was, um, what did you think of the Who's appearance on The Simpsons? And my response to this one was, I prefer my Who with fangs. And I referenced the god-awful... <laughs> horrifyingly bad yet i can't look away train wreck blocked except for you i own it on dvd (laughs) because i'm a completist bitches i am a completist and um it it was in a wonderful set of dvds that included the horrible chris chris atkins starring dracula rising and I believe that's what it's called. I could have blocked that one from my mind, too. It has lots of underwater nude swimming scenes because Chris Atkins. And uh, But the movie that I referenced was Vampirella with Roger Daltrey playing Dracula, a.k.a. Jamie Blood. <laughs> and he sings in this. <laughs> and he is Dracula. But the worthiness of this movie is, is risen risen like dracula with brian bloom playing a vampire in black leather and shirtless being tortured but yes Uh, and with that (laughs) i think we should close our segment on the who (laughs) that who tune in next week for our dissection of the the (laughs) (laughs) so moving on to doctor who a uh, deep breath happened, and I could, didn't think that it was possible for me to love Peter Capaldi more than I already did, but I was wrong. You said something that was terrifying to me just because I never thought you could say it. I like him better than David Tennant. I I was not. I You were not expecting that. No, I knew you liked him. I just didn't know. That. Oh my god! The- See, I I think he's great, but I'm not ready to commit to that yet. You know, it's it's episode like, one. Yeah, it's episode one. Like, but then again, when you know, you know. So I'm not gonna say Jessica's making like any like too hasty of a decision sure, because sure. like when you know you know that's right love at so. first sight happens it happens exactly. no well it's been a long time coming for me like I know I, you're 14 14 <laughs> years old blah 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 so, <laughs> I can recite your litany I know I know so here's the, the thing though, that I absolutely loved about deep breath and here's the one big thing that I hated okay the one thing I hated but it had to be done and I know why he did it I know why Moffat did this but so the many things I loved, I will condense it 
Um, Peter Capaldi was amazing. He channeled Baker. He channeled uh, Troughton in there. Definitely channeled Pertwee. But he he did, and he did like he was active but he wasn't spastic like matt smith Mm -hmm. and he also brought this gravitas of glare and darkness at the end he brought eyebrows he brought attack eyebrows and eyebrows and brought the meme and he even brought them so hard that they've included them into the new startup his eyebrows make an appearance in the, in the space-time vortex because they've j- jumped away from his face to create their own state of eyebrows. Um, but it was so phenomenally well done with him. I mean, he just, he brought it. He knew he, he needed to bring it, and he brought it. And so you can't say that this elderly doctor isn't <laughs> active. God, I want to kill people. Um, but it... <laughs> It, that's healthy so so good and i love the redo of the tardis that this doctor has done he's got bookshelves yeah. in there and he's got the the um chalkboard up but i loved there were so many good scenes in this um the boyfriend talk and, and the fact that liz sladen's husband played the bum that he was the the the, the bum. <laughs> yeah yeah and sobs openly about sarah jane um and there were so many li- good but, little brown. Because they were Jane. I know, I know. Trust me, I know. They talked about her while they were filming. Um, so let me take a moment. Okay. So it was just so good. It was everything I wanted it to be. Um, there was so much good with Strax and Vostra and, and Jenny. I, I really want them to have their own spinoff. They don't have Torchwood anymore. There's no more Sarah Jane adventures. Don't cry, Rachel. Um, we can... We can give them their own spinoff. The one thing I had a huge, huge problem with was Clara's reaction to his his changing. It made no effing sense. Yeah, Uh, she has been there with him throughout the entirety of his life. He she has seen every doctor except for this one at this point, old and young, and. I'm going to say, like, though, like, I wasn't surprised by that because Moffat is not very good at continuity. Well, the thing I think that he did here, and he had to do it, and I think it was a statement to every naysayer and, oh, my God, he's old person. And that's why we were all Strax in that moment when he threw that newspaper at her face. Uh, <laughs> it's true and we were all yeah. Vostra when she gave her shade Vostra sorry <clears throat> he gave she, her shade and it was awesome yeah and uh she called her out on it it was she called her on her bs and I thought that was amazing because uh the reason he had to do it because there was no other person like Clara Clara was supposed to represent all of these naysayers and these people like why do you have it to be old because he is so she was the fandom at that point she was the fandom that couldn't accept it and it was beautifully done in that way but it still it sucks because of what her storyline was it made no sense in that regard but i understand why he did it um so that's that's deep breath deep breath is a great episode i really enjoyed it as a first episode for him i thought it was well done it covered all the bases and now we got that out of the way we move on um, and it also gave us a, a, a Capaldi just did such a great job 
the range of the doctor of the 12th doctor is he's still the doctor there's all these doctor bits he even does the oh thing yeah. tom baker did and all this oh. stuff waiting for him to whip out a bag of jelly babies and he by god he better be in bessie at some point bessie better show up <laughs> i'm gonna be pissed so they set up their new mysterious villain who is missy which we know she shows up later she uh, stole my intro She's, she's she stole my intro hello hello like, what the did. hell dude she come did on. and come she, on she was so I, and I, okay uh, i told uh one of the people i i ran into at the show well there's the co- cosplay that is going to be everywhere like there's the the, the scene <laughs> yeah, that, that launched a thousand cosplays right there yep. um so Which is good because most people can transition their river song cosplay pieces into that so it, yeah or their or their clara clara yep. school ones it's all pretty much it's all pretty similar at this point yeah i love that she looks like some evil manic mary poppins i i really like that um, so, uh, there's all this debate on who she is. We won't get into that right now. Um, a lot of people are thinking the master turned into a woman. I hope it's the Ronnie personally, but we'll see how that goes. Um, the good news about deep breath, it was in fact the biggest series ratings ever for Dr. Who I've Yay! series on Yay. BBC America. It was crazy, crazy big ratings everywhere did super well. So everybody was tuning in. Um, Stephen Moffat also topped that with winning an Emmy for Sherlock. Yay! Guess it. I'm, guess, not, guess, I'm not. I'm not for Stephen Moffat. No, but guess, guess the more important part. Guess who else won an Emmy? Guess, guess. Was it Gaddis? Guess who else won an Emmy? Benedict Cumberbatch. Yes! <laughs> ding, 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 ding. You get to you get a hug Sherlock doll for three seconds, no more, no less. Just hug. That's the most contact you've been allowed so far. Don't abuse it. Um, the other piece of news that actually hit to you as well about the about the Doctor Who fandom this week is the rumor that Clara is leaving, that Jenna Coleman is leaving the show at the end of the season, possibly d- during the Christmas special. Now, the the finale of this season is a two parter, and the end the, the last episode is called Death in Heaven, which. At the end of this episode, in in, in um, deep breath, she Missy called it heaven where they were. It looked a lot like um, I don't know if they're just reusing set pieces, but remember when Amy got Amy got trapped? Yeah, in that like quarantine zone for right. And I'm thinking that's not a not a mistake. I'm thinking okay. that yeah, I think because yeah, I was like, this is the same place Amy was. And I'm hoping that it is. I really am because that would be really clever, hopefully. Right. But. Right. And I think they're gonna do something like that for sure. Um but the the other thing that I wanted to to bring up really quickly uh, before we move on um, is the fact that on YouTube right now, and I, I'm probably just going to go ahead and post these on fangirlmag.com because everyone should be watching these. They're phenomenal. Mark Gatiss is a huge horror geek. Um, if you guys didn't know that, you do now. He is a massive, massive horror geek. When I interviewed him at Comic-Con, he was... <laughs> He loved my bag because I had a Hammer Horror House of Dracula, you know, bag with Christopher Lee on it. And he was like, he, um, but he has on, someone has nicely um, uploaded all three parts of a three part, three hour long 
series he did on for the BBC called The History of Horror. He actually came to an LA comic or um, an LA horror convention. Um, I'm not sure which one, but I can guess. Um, and he's interviewed John Carpenter. He interviewed Carla Lemley before she died. Barbara Steele's in this. It's phenomenal. And um, he goes through the history of horror, starting with the 1920s and 30s Universal films throughout until like, um, I think he ends with Texas Chainsaw Massacre and, the, and that, that group of films and, and Halloween. And it's a really, really beautifully done series. And he actually gets to see the, um, the makeup kit for Lon Chaney Sr., his actual makeup. Ugh. He gets to touch it. He um, got to see uh, the the actual live cast that Chaney had done so he could practice his own makeups on his face. Oh, my gosh. It, it killed me inside. And he gets to see all these really beautiful things that are all at the L.A. History Museum. Um, anyway, it's a phenomenal series. I'm going to post them up on um, fangirlmag.com for you all. Watch them while they're up. I don't know if they're going to be taken down, but they're really good. And speaking of YouTube... Um, my video series for a journey into genres for Doctor Who that I started with, The Seeds of Doom, is going to be continuing. And I have quite a few in the works that I'm going to be posting. Um, I believe the next one will be focusing on vampires, because why not? Um, and that's I going... vampires. I love vampires. As long as no sparkles happen. There are no sparkles. <laughs> but Doctor Who is... Um, rife with hammer crossovers and actors who have done work for both and this one is going to focus on the tom baker another baker um called state of decay which is a a really awesome vampire episode it was when he was with ramana and, and e-space and it's lila wards in it who played one of the vampire twins in vampire circus and uh baker himself is no uh, stranger to horror either and he worked in a ton of things and we're I'm going to go over that in the episode so keep keep wary of that that's going to be up probably this weekend before I take off for horror hound weekend <laughs> Woo, horror hound. yay that's coming yeah. we're getting there we're coming getting, we're getting we need there. something that we can like yell at <laughs> time you say horror hound like it, it needs out. to be kind of like a rocky horror thing we howl. Like... that's the that's what i do with the shows i yell out let me hear oh. howl, howl, hound. and then everybody just goes crazy. oh i see because they're dogs hounds they're hounds it was a mighty hound it was a hound yes so moving on to comic book news comic book movie news which there's a lot of apparently Warner Brothers has mandated there will be no jokes in their comic movies. <laughs> According to HitFix, DC is not going to have any funny stuff at all in Superman, Batman. Yeah, let's take it really effing seriously. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, because, you know, uh, the half billion dollars that Guardians of the Galaxy has made now. Half well, I think that billion, they know that they, they can't compete they, with it, so they're trying well, to do something so different that it's not the same. I think that's it. That's the only thing I can figure. Or a lot of people are th saying that, look at the atrocity that was the Green Lantern movie. Yeah. No, I don't. I don't know if either of that is it. I just think that like the executives at DC and the executives at Warner Brothers and the people they have chosen to make these movies are a bunch of jerks. Like, <laughs> honestly, like the editorial at DC, I am talking to you. I am calling you out. 
Like, <laughs> stop it. Stop it now. This is not cool. You guys aren't doing yourself any favors. Knock it off. And <laughs> I, I, if I had a mic, I would drop it. <laughs> well, but, yeah, basically, I, I, I don't know why they're doing this. It, it just seems like to me they're desperate to, to stand it, away, but yet do the same thing as Marvel. Yeah, if and if you've read any of the um, any of the interviews with the people who are like behind these movies, like the big wigs um, creating these movies, the most glaring and horrible thing is that they are not fans of comic books. Oh yeah, totally. They obvious. are. They don't even like the fan base that is handing them money to go see these shows. They have like openly mocked the fans and they're just terrible people. They're terrible people. They don't understand the kind of like rich tradition and the uh, mythos and everything that they've been handed. They're just going to poop all over it. <laughs> you know what I've been thinking? I was watching this documentary on Netflix the other day about, um, it was actually about Napster and about how Napster started to change the music business, even though it didn't understand the music business. And the and the mucky mucks who were used to controlling everything in the music business were just like woefully slow to catch up and reacted wrong, whereas they could have really, the music industry could have gone in an entirely different um, direction that would have been good for everybody and I feel like that's starting to happen with movies because we have so many people who are I mean one after another people who on this show who talk about going indie people who are doing it amateur on YouTube producing amazing things and I feel like the studios are being really slow to react to that. And there's some of them that are really smart and are integrating these people that the fan bases love, like just the move of putting Joss Whedon's name on anything. We'd be more predisposed to like it before we even saw it. And then it delivers on top of that. But there's only so far that those really smart marketing moves can go because Joss Whedon's out on his own making what he wants to make with his own money, you know? So I'm hoping that, maybe i mean maybe there needs to be some catastrophic failures for them to say look people don't want more like michael bay versions of their childhood they don't want you to do a gritty reboot of the last gritty reboot of something that was a children's comic you know <laughs> yeah. like maybe maybe at some point it'll come back to you know the art of it and i think that the internet and the fan bases have more and more of um the ability to be, be heard in that than ever before. Well, you know what kills me, though, is I've seen now Ben Affleck as Bruce Wayne. And okay. he really does look like, I don't know how he sounds or is acting or whatever, but I he looks like that um, the, the animated series Bruce Wayne come to life. He has that mm-hmm. square jaw and they've got him bulked up and everything. He right. looks like that caricature, walking. Um, and but I think Ben Affleck is a good actor i would not say he's a bad actor yeah the, the thing that that kills me is i see him really trying he's really actually trying god love him to do this and i think what's happened is you've got a guy that's really wanting to do justice to this Poss- you know I'm, I'm i'm gonna give him a benefit of the doubt i think he's going to try really hard the problem is what they're doing with that movie 
yeah. what we yes. can already tell they're doing with that movie. He's going to be lost in the middle of this. We're cramming Aquaman in now. We know that. We're cramming like the Brand- Wonder Woman. Like the Brandon yeah. Routh thing where you had this great guy playing Superman. Exactly. Exactly. And I like Henry Carville, too. I, I think he's great as Superman. But he's mostly muscular. He's mostly muscular. He's pretty, though. And you can tell he's really wanting to do it. But they're, you know they're sticking them in this movie where they're going to just shove everything they can into it and i don't have faith in that and it sucks because i'm like seeing ben affleck i'm like you know he he might be maybe he'll make me wrong i'm not even i'm not even worried about them shoving a lot of superheroes into it because we've seen avengers and we loved it yeah but it's how they do it i think it is First of all, if you're going to write a team, get somebody who's good at writing a team, uh, like, you know, Joss Whedon, <laughs> you, like the, the single best writer of teams in the history of writers of teams. Um, just, just not there. Who wrote I, the Ocean's I, Eleven movie? Like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like the, it, the original or the remake? It doesn't matter because yeah. the point is that they keep on half-assing something that is because they still don't take it seriously as an art form they're still just doing it to sell toys and part of what um marvel's been amazing at is yeah we're gonna sell a lot of toys from this but let's make it really good and they saw what happens when they didn't when they delivered with the first iron man and then sucked for two iron mans like they 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 cop to that to an extent you know i don't know i loved iron man too but Ugh. we're not going to talk about that so that we can still love you but uh, um, what, what, what <laughs> the the thing is that if you if they took it seriously as an art form and we know they don't because that's why you never see genre stuff at the academy rarely at the globes because the, the powers that be the mucky mucks don't take it seriously if well, they and- treated it like an actual film and hired somebody i mean not even joss whedon like somebody who did like the ocean 11 film or or somebody, someone else who wrote a great ensemble piece and said, okay, it can be serious and it can be funny. It's a real, it's an actual, like, diverse. And I'll give you that Zack Snyder is a fan of the genre, but he's just really bad at it. I mean, how many times, (laughs) how many, how many chances do we give this guy before we're finally like, stop, stop it, go write video games. Like, he, <laughs> well, that's really like, that's really the truth, yeah. Yeah, like seriously, like let's let's give Zack Snyder a timeout and <laughs> and put him in a put him in a position where he could really thrive. I well, mean, I think he could sit in the naughty quarter with M Night Shyamalan until they get their their craft together and become. I know, right? Yeah, yeah. But, oh, okay, okay, okay. We're gonna we're gonna talk about. We can talk an entire show and a half and two about that. Let's talk about something good and happy. Yeah. Good and happy. Donald Glover is playing Spider-Man. He is playing Spider-Man in Spider-Man: The Web Warriors this on Sunday, August thirty-first. I still want him to be a live-action Spider-Man. I, I know, I know, but we got this. We got this. He's playing the Miles Morales Spider-Man, and it's going to be yeah. cool. You get Peter Parker meeting him in the in thanks to a a universe changeover that he does, and it looks really good. And he looks like Donald Glover. They've made the animated character look like Donald Glover, and Sorry. it's really cute. And it's going to be on Disney XD on August 31st. Um, there is a clip floating around of the meeting, and that's pretty awesome. And This means he can do some community since he has a, like, job he can go to in his pajamas now. Exactly. 
So everybody, I want to welcome Mr. Mr. Massfest himself, Mr. Eric Austin, to the show. Hello, everybody. And uh, Eric is here to talk about the monster that is Massfest because it's gotten bigger every year and it is part now it's got its own area huge beautiful filled area over in Harham weekend which is next weekend so the weekend of the fifth um and eric give us some details on on where mask fest started from and how when where it is now uh let's see we started with Horham weekend this will be our sixth year so that would be 2009 yeah no eight no no six years this will be the sixth year <laughs> this will be the sixth show sixth show okay that's yeah great. 2008 yeah because 2009 um, was five years ago at any rate <laughs> started. i have an i have an actual human being that can mark that year for me so. <laughs> this is true she has a child if you if you use your hands and if you start with your thumb and you go nine ten eleven twelve 13, 14, you, you end with six fingers up in the air. Uh, but anyway, we started out as a very small part of Horror Hound Weekend. It was basically an excuse. You know, I, I had run, you know, I, I run a big uh, website, basically the hub for mass collectors and monster makers on the uh, worldwide interwebs. And that's called the HMA.net. And for years, we, a lot of us guys, a lot of us big collectors, artists, special effects guys, we would meet up at the larger trade shows. And, you know, during one of our big dinners, we, we kind of looked at each other and said, why aren't we doing this ourselves? Why aren't we throwing our own type show? And we could all meet up there instead of having to, you know, come to some trade show that, you know, really doesn't, they don't give a rat's ass about us. <laughs> so, um, thanks. thanks. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 no. But no, I'm, I'm talking about the, you know, major trade shows. So we got in contact uh, with Horror Hound and Horror Hound liked the idea. And, but it was a smaller, it was a real small, intimate show at the time. And that time, Horrorhound was a little bit smaller. I mean, we were back in the main ballroom, if you recall, the first show. Yeah. We were all the way in the back. <laughs> and it was a grouping of maybe 20 or so tables filled with various artists, et cetera. And it was great. People loved it. And year after year, it's just gotten bigger and bigger. And we've been able to bring in uh, bigger artists, uh, you know, bigger celebrity guests, special effects artists. I'm sure, I'm sure you know a lot of the ones I'm talking about, Jess. Oh, yeah. Well, the thing that I love about MaskFest is it's not just, you know, tables. You guys have massive walkthrough displays now, like the one that had the creature from the Black Lagoon set up that was there, the last one, was phenomenal. It's like a mini museum. Yeah, that, I think that's the cool thing about Mass Fest for the regular whorehound attendee that has no idea that Mass Fest is even there. Even, even if they're not going to collect a, a mask or a, a bust, a high-end piece of art, it's, golly, I mean, it's worth the price of admission alone. I, at least I think so. If, if I, you know, if, if I were indifferent about purchasing anything... 
I would still at least come home with 50 photos from Mass Fest. Yeah, so, and it, it, it just like, what are, what are some of your favorite pieces that have just started to come in, like the, those big displays? What ones really stand out for you? Because I know the ones I love, but I'm more curious about you as the guy that's running this and, and seeing all this stuff. What stands out for you? Oh, man. You know, our second year, our second year, we had some really awesome stuff from uh, one of the world's best uh, creature creators. Um, he creates a ton of stuff for like, you know, Ripley's and Madame Tussauds, etc. His name's Thomas Keebler. He had, I don't know if you recall, he had like four fantastic figures at, at our second show. And that was right next to a wonderful uh, Hellraiser tribute little museum thing. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That, that, was, that was the show Clyde Barker was at. Oh yeah, yeah. I was I was running the line for Barker at that point. <laughs> yeah, and and, and and one of the awesome things for me was you know seeing Clive come into the room and loving loving all of it. Oh yeah, and, he lit up. Yeah, until he was mobbed. <laughs> Unfortunately, he got mobbed. You know, and he had to leave. But that was really cool for me. So the second year was fantastic. Um, I don't know. You know, last year was pretty, pretty freaking amazing with what uh, Creatures Revenge Studios did with their little walkthrough with the classic Universal Monsters. Uh, I think that's what you liked. Oh man, yeah. They even had the bone, the the hand sticking out that was the the re the um, uh, fossil. Oh, it, the creature creature hand fossil. Yeah, yeah, it was there. I'm like, oh my god, the detail on this is great. Oh yeah, um, that was really awesome. We, but a lot of our artists, you know, they still, you know, we don't make a big deal out of it. We don't, you know, kind of pump it up. But they'll bring they'll bring uh, life size figures unannounced, and they'll be around their table. Like for years, we had artist Monty Ward who would come and. You would see like his life-size Funhouse Freak, or his life-size Killer Clown, or his life-size Fulci Zombie, stuff like that. That's the one I saw last year, the last one, and that was just freaking beautiful. Oh, yeah. So Sarah, um, Sarah yeah. is coming to Howard Hound Weekend with us, so you'll have two fangirls for the price of one at, at Howard Hound, running hot. around. <laughs> hot. Did you just say hot damn? Hot. <laughs> Hot damn. And so, Sarah, do you have any questions for Eric about what to expect at this or um, what you should look out for, um, what 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 things yeah. you should be really looking for? Well, as far as, like, and if we're talking specifically Mask Fest, I know I have not been, but I'm super giddy excited because there's nothing I love to look at more than sculpture. Awesome. Uh, especially like masks and stuff. I find it a really um, just like enriching experience, you know, right. a little right. more so than like walking around. So I'm really excited to know that I get to do that. So what should in my, considering Jessica works me to the bone here. <laughs> um, what? Uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> uh if I if I'm on so if I'm somebody who's attending Horror Hound and right. I'm on kind of a limited time crunch, uh -huh. what what at Mask Fest do I absolutely want to see? And this is like 
first time visitor? Being a first time visitor, I mean, you'll be able to, you'll be able to go through and see all of the vendors and check out what they have. You, you know, you might not have enough time to sit there and chit chat if you have to run and get in some celebrity's line or, or if you have to run over to get a photo op or whatnot. But you should be able to see all of the creations at MassFest. But what I would say for the first time uh, MassFest attendee, take, please take part in one of our MassFest events a lot of those, you know, a lot of the time they kind of get buried under all of the other Q and A's and stuff that Horror Hound goes on, has going on at the time. But we have, man, we've got some fantastic stuff this year. That Don Post panel sounds amazing. The, okay, the Don Post, the, the, the Don Post panel, that's, that's basically, we are launching, actually, MassFest, uh, we are fortunate enough to have the official book launch of the illustrated history of Don Post Studios. And we have the author there and he's going to be doing a Q&A. And at MassFest, this, this will be the first time anybody will be able to purchase the book itself. And it's a fantastic book. We're talking, you know, coffee table, full color, et cetera, wonderful book. The author's going to be there. And Saturday at three o'clock, you can go to the Q and A with the author Lee Lambert, and and it's going to be hosted by Dr. Lady. A lot of people are familiar with Dr. Lady, and he's, he's awesome, Sarah. Yeah. You'll love him. <laughs> so that's one of the great things we have. A, a huge thing we've got going on. If you are interested at all on how people get into uh, the mass making business, Friday night we have. Ed and Marsha Edmonds from Distortions Unlimited. I don't know if you've ever seen the television show uh, Making Monsters. It was on Travel Channel for a long time. Mm -hmm. So they're coming in, and uh, Friday night at 7 o'clock, they're going to be doing an hour-and-a-half seminar on how to start your own mass company. And that's huge because you've got industry leaders finally saying, you know what, this isn't going to last forever with us you know who knows when we're going to retire let's pass the torch on to the next generation so that's, that's awesome. it's it's really a huge coup for mass fest and horror weekend so we've got that going on um noon it's saturday the legendary steve johnson we have a oh my gosh we have a q a with steve johnson in the you've never <laughs> kids cover your ears <laughs> I know, but Jess, Jess, you can attest to this. If if you've never if you've never witnessed a Q and A with Steve Johnson, <laughs> it is amazing. He doesn't hold back. Mm -mm. He's, he's very honest. He's very humble. But you really get to hear about the inner workings of Hollywood. And he is honest as he can possibly be about that stuff. He he is he is. Yeah. But he, he's a great guy. Yeah. And he's working with Di Antwoord right now on their music videos. And the stuff he's doing is all practical effects. And it's phenomenal. Yeah, I know. How cool is that? He, right? He's created the cat. Oh, That's God. So, cool. so pretty. So pretty. Um, you know, and I, I was chatting with him the other night. And he said, 
I, I asked him, I said, now, do you, do you want somebody to help, you know, to host uh, your Q&A? And he said, no, I don't really think I need that. And I'm like, okay, all right. And uh, I said, are you going to show your demo reel? And he's like, yeah, yeah, that's a good idea. Uh, <laughs> and then he said, and I might have a surprise. Oh, you know, and I, I don't know whether to worry. <laughs> you know, are, are we talking wardrobe malfunction here? Oh, uh, you know, it might it might be the music video. Who knows? Who that knows? That would be freaking sweet. Uh, hey, maybe Diane would. Maybe they're going to show up. If they'd show up, the place would. Oh, my God, I would die. Yeah, Sarah would have a stroke, and I and that would be your fault. <laughs> well, well Steve, Steve is very tight with those folks. Just, you know. <laughs> oh, my God, if that happened, I'd, I'd be my bands. I don't, know, I don't know why they would be in Indianapolis, but... You know, I'll take it where I can get it. So. Right. They were in Eugene, Oregon this year, so who knows? Right. right. Well, no, I, 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 I don't want to throw out, you know. Yeah. You thanks, know. Eric. Now the board right. is going to be like exploding. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. I, I well, can... hey, good. It's a good way to get people to panels, right? Like, <laughs> hey. Right. Right. Well, no, I. But you know, just judging from their music, judging from their interviews, etc., that. If they were in the country at the time, they'd fit right in. I don't see why not, right? So <laughs> that's hilarious. So well, yeah. Well, awesome. I mean, Eric, uh, is there anything else? Because I know we've we've kept you. You're you're three hours ahead of us, so it's almost midnight or close, getting close there where you are in Transylvania. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, is there anything um, to uh, wrap it up uh, that everybody should know about? Like, where are you at? Because you're you're awesome. You're the head of HMA. So uh, where are you going to be at where people can find you to like hit you up for an autograph or grab you for a hug? <laughs> um, <laughs> I, yeah, I'll be all over the place. The best time to find me will be at night. And if you're a friend of me on Facebook, you know what I look like. And, <laughs> I mean, by, by the number of selfies I post. <laughs> It's, and you know and, and, late and, night and, 80s music that's right you'll that's find right. eric <laughs> and, yeah and, and and i think jess will agree I, I i think i'm a pretty i think i'm a pretty cool guy i'm a nice guy and so <laughs> anyway <laughs> i think i'm humble i'm not i'm a total jerk i'm a total jerk. Come up and talk. eric uh -huh. is amazing and you should talk to him because he's cool and he's got awesome hair oh well thank you but just real quick. Uh, I haven't seen his hair, so this is working it up a lot for me. So mm -hmm. there better be some awesome hair when I get there. Don't get too excited. <laughs> <laughs> Just real quick, what I, what, I, what I would like to leave your uh, listeners with, um, if this is your first time coming to uh, a horror hound with a mass bus, you might want to bring a few extra bucks along with you that you hadn't intended on bringing true as you were going to see something fantastic at mass fest that you are not going to be able to find anywhere else and that's just the fact i, I just have to say too that i am amazed by the amount of doctor who stuff that you guys have at mass fest. they had a doc they had like at least three or four separate who heads at one table that were phenomenal they looked real and uh, yeah, it's it's there's so much stuff. It's cross genre stuff, so it's not just horror. That could that could fulfill, fulfill some fantasies, I feel like. Yeah, I grabbed a hold of that tin one. I tell you that much. <laughs> and and re really quick too, it's it, just because it's called Mass Fest, it's not all masks. Right. It's, 
it's monster art of all sorts 2d 3d whatever and I, 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 uh, I'm sad. Uh, I can't remember his name, and that's a horrible thing for me to do. But at, remember, um, we had the guy that had those beautiful dolls that passed away. They were in there too. Oh, Terry Cruikshank. Yeah. Yes, thank you. He yeah. had some of the most amazing art, and it's not just like he said, uh, mass dolls. There's print. There's jewelry in there. Um, just everything, and it's beautifully laid out and it's really funny too because my sister will go and it they also have I, I don't want to call them antiques but you guys have the really original old stuff too um, oh, yeah. on yeah. display behind glass that you can see and yeah. she has some of that which is ridiculous yeah that was always a responsibility of uh, the universal monster army and they always did a fantastic job and putting those displays on for us so yeah, so it's basically a big museum, and yeah, um, Sarah, bring money. Bring money, Sarah. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> bring money. <laughs> Welcome to Disneyland. Bring money. <laughs> That's right. Oh, man. Well, I'm going to oh, be in ahead. trouble. You're going to be in big trouble. Oh, you're I, just, I, I just said I'm going to be in big trouble. Yeah. I, I'm going to go into so much debt at Horror House. <laughs> it, it's, it's sad how much debt I go into at Horror House. My husband is eyeing me. From across the room right now. I'm like, oh, the stink eye. <laughs> well, Eric, thank you so much for coming on. I will see you in a week, as will everyone else. And um, really quickly, give them your email address, or not your email address, but your, <laughs> yeah, give them your email address too. Uh, your website address for um, is hma.net? Uh, uh, yeah, the T H E H M A dot net. That's our main uh, web address. But you know, for, for all intents and purposes right now, let's, you know, we'll focus on MassFest. That's MassFest.com. And everybody's on Facebook. So just type in MassFest and you'll find us. So There you go, guys. Thank you again, Eric, for joining us. And um, thank you. HorrorHelmWeekend.com. You can go check it out. Mads Mickelson, Steve Johnson, all these people. And Scott Wilson! Scott, and Scott Wilson, uh, Eric Austin, Sean Clark, Nathan Hanneman, Jessica Dwyer. Eric, yeah, we're all going to be there. Everybody's going to be there. Sarah, Sarah Buck. Sarah Buck is going to be there. Um, and on top of that, yeah, it's going to be a huge show. And on Saturday night, not only are you going to have um, the Don Post panel, the Steve Johnson Q&A panel is going to be happening, the Mads Mickelson panel, but that night at 7.30 till 1 a.m., you're going to have a concert with one, two, three, four, like four bands are going to be playing Saturday night. It's and insane. It's, yeah. it's insane. So, no. And there's a pajama party on Friday night <laughs> with Harley Potter. I have not been I have not been in public in pajamas in years. It's, so it's gonna be anybody crazy. who goes to Horror Hound might get like that rare chance to see me in pajamas. It, it's gonna be ridiculous. There's onesies, there's people in lingerie, it doesn't matter. You don't have to be in pajamas, but most people are. Um, so, yeah, and then also on Saturday night is the Dr. Lady's Horrors of Cosplay Costume Contest. Yeah. Yay. Be- and they're phenomenal costumes. 
they are always really, really good. And they just keep getting more elaborate and crazy as every show goes on. So, everybody, thank you again for listening to Fangirl Radio tonight. And um, we may or may not have a show next okay. week for you because, uh, well, I'm going to be, Sarah and I are going to be on. We'll be on airplane. We're going to be yeah. on airplane. <laughs> So um, thank you for listening, and I hope to see you at Horror Hound Weekend.